0: hey real estate investors if you've been enjoying this show for a while or enjoying this content and all that i'm sure you're going to want to know that we have a mastermind for kingdom minded real estate investors uh, with folks from all over the country if you're wondering what is a mastermind this is a community that we began back in 2020 uh, to really serve faith-minded investors those who were ambitious in the world of real estate and entrepreneurship but also passionate about christ and really wanted a place an environment a community uh, where we could really join force, join forces and lock arms with people who are like-minded to really flourish in both of those areas. We also have a ton of fun when we meet in places like Dallas, Orlando, San Diego throughout the year. And so I would love to be able to share with you more details on that. If you go to thekingdomrei.com, that's thekingdomrei.com, you can learn more about our mastermind, hear from our members, and then apply to be a part of this community and give us an opportunity to chat more and see if it's a good fit. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. And this is the podcast to help you as an entrepreneur, investor, business owner, really thrive in your life, in your business, in your faith, all to help you really advance God's kingdom. And with us today, we have two powerful entrepreneurs guys who've been in business for a really long time. And I love their motto or their tagline as well, what they're helping entrepreneurs do. And they say the same thing, that we can serve God and thrive in business while still pursuing your spouse and being present with your children. So we have two awesome, awesome guests. These guys, they're actually brothers, they're twins. So if you're watching this on YouTube, um, one of them is uh, name is Jason. One of them is David. I'm still not sure which one is which, but uh, excited to have them on here. So Jason, David, welcome to the show, guys.
1: Thanks, man. Good to be here with you, brother. And David's in the green. He's the better looking one. Jason's in this <laughs> I look a little pale. The best looking one is the guy from California. That'd be you, Ellis. Yes. Oh, no, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You've got those oh, cool AirPods. AirPods. you got AirPods. I mean, you're so cool. Jason and I have these big, clunky C-3PO looking. We're dorks. <laughs>
0: Look, man, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. These guys have played uh professional baseball. They're best selling authors. They've uh grew one of the um they've grown a company, one of the let say grew to a hundred offices in 35 states. Uh you've been in Inc. magazine, franchise pop franchise 500's top new franchises, Ernest Young. I mean, golly guys, like is there anything you haven't done? You almost had your own show. <laughs> we could talk about that, right? Like, um so <laughs> Why don't we do this, man? Because I I got a feeling that once we get in, we're just going to roll and uh, because I I know you guys. So let me just pray for us yeah, and um, and then we'll get going. God, I'm so grateful for this podcast show. I've been looking forward to having Jason and David for so long. And just because I know that this is going to be a a show that really is going to encourage entrepreneurs and business owners uh, to really thrive both in their faith and in their business. And so God, I pray that you would just anoint this time. For us today, that you would speak through Jason and David and their story, and that it might really uplift us, challenge us, and cause us to live more passionately for you um, in all areas of our life, God, for your kingdom's sake. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So, fellas, where I mean, where do we start? Like, let's take this thing back, man. I mean, you guys have accomplished so much, but you know, really, I mean, where it is, where does this passion for Christ and this passion for business really come from?
1: You know, Ellis, uh, and this is David again, oftentimes we as entrepreneurs or even uh, Christians, we, we want instant fruit. And the Lord says, you got to first focus on the root. And I remember Jason and I, we were young boys. We gave our lives to Christ at the age of 12. I, of course, I was first. I gave my life to Christ at a youth camp. And then about six months later, Jason became my first disciple. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're, it seems like you're always you know there's a there's a you're always first i think right is that how it goes <laughs> i them feel good that's right well anyway
1: our dad uh taught my brother and he was a pastor he didn't train us in business at all but one thing he did he was encouraged he encouraged us to read the scripture so we got into a little bible reading schedule reading through the new testament every year with our dad and uh and we would just i mean it only took three to five minutes a day just to stay on schedule And that was the single greatest decision that we ever made in terms of developing roots to be a kingdom entrepreneur. One of the things our dad also did was he said, guys, I want to show you something. So he put us in the car. We were uh, young boys, 12, 13 years old. And he took us to this mall and inside the mall was a restaurant and it was a Denny's inside the mall, which was weird. We grew up in Dallas, Texas, the home of the greatest football team. Ever the Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, so here we are in this mall and, 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 and all these people are standing next to the the windows inside the mall looking in and there's, you know, three or four people thick by several rows. And I thought, man, why are all these people here? And dad said, hey, I want to show you something. Come up to the front with me. And we kind of squeeze up to the front of the line and we looked in the windows and there was this server, this, you know, this guy who wasn't actually a server. He was a bus boy. And my dad said, watch the man with the cart and the white apron. So we're like, okay, this is kind of weird. And he had his little cart and he waited for somebody to get up from the table. And when someone got up from the table and they were done eating, he would walk over there. He's probably, what, his 60s or so. And he'd walk over there and he would look at the table. He'd look at his cart and then he would take his watch and push a button. And the next 10 seconds was like a cartoon. He was so fast. I mean, just whipping those dishes and dumping out the coffee and cleaning it and putting the salt and pepper shakers back in place. And as soon as he was done, the place just erupted in applause. I mean, people traveled from around the state of Texas to watch this man. It was crazy. Everybody's cheering. And our dad turned to us and he said, boys, even the most common task can be sacred if you do it with all your might as unto the mm. Lord, because turned out that man was a believer. And Jason and I remember the story of the bus boys. that there is no job too small. If you're going to thrive in business, a thriving faith as working is unto the Lord and not as unto man. See, this guy, you know, I mean, he's cleaning dishes for heaven's sakes. Like, what's the dignity in that, right? He's not going to develop a big social media platform with that. He's not going to get some big book deal with that. Uh, but but he does it as unto the Lord. And Jason and I, with that image uh, of that bus boy, the faithfulness of a busboy in the little things, and him hallowing that task, I mean, it, it became his work was worship because of the way that he did his work. And at the yeah, same like time, we were reading through the New Testament. So we stumbled on Colossians 3 and Ephesians 6 where the Lord says, hey, you work as unto the Lord, not as unto man, knowing that whatever good you do, no matter how small the job, that you will receive a reward for your work. So Jason and I, as you know, our story goes, uh, we ended up uh, signing to play uh, baseball at Liberty University. So we graduated high school out of Texas and moved into Virginia and played there. And, and we ended up getting drafted. Jason was drafted by a team by the name. I don't even know if you've ever heard of them before, the Baltimore Orioles. They're in Maryland. But then I was drafted by the Boston Red Sox. I'm sure you've heard of those guys before. But anyway, we never made it to the big leagues. And when we got out, we decided to move to the Carolinas. So we moved to Charlotte, our young families. I was married. Uh, I had just had my second kid with my wife and Jason had just gotten married. and They had their first kid. And and we moved to the Carolinas and we didn't know what we were going to do. So we just got our real estate licenses and just kind of knocked around in business. But we had zero business training. I'm, I'm telling you, brother, none none whatsoever. Our dad was a pastor. And then when we were at Liberty, we, we studied history, which is basically, you know, for us, it was studying, what do you study when you're waiting for the major league draft? And we love history, <laughs> but it didn't really help us in business. But so, here's what we were armed go with. Ahead, go go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No, keep I was, going. I, I, think,
0: I think we're going the same place. I'll keep going.
1: Yeah. We were armed with the principles of God's work because we were reading scripture. And when we went to Liberty, when we graduated high school and signed with Liberty, we committed we were going to read through scripture every year. And the good thing was my brother and I, we're 44 now. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, uh, I didn't even have a, a computer. We actually had to go to the library and open books to study. So we did have some margin in our lives. And I think that that's one of the things that young people don't have as much today yeah, for sure. because they have all access to everything. But we had some margin and we really studied scripture. And so when we got into business, all that scripture started coming out and thriving in our faith naturally led to thriving in business. It wasn't like some little rabbit's foot. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to put a cross on my business card and a fish on my website. No, I'm going to be excellent in business because this is what scripture teaches. This is how men and women of God are supposed to live. And of course, you know, seven years into our business, we had 100 offices in 35 states and we were topping charts and all that. We weren't setting out to eat our own fruit. We weren't setting out like this is the fruit we want. We set out developing the root i want to be faithful in little things i want to we want to be so faithful in little things that we can hallow even the common tasks right and give god all the praise and the glory and the honor and then of course as our business began to grow we began to expand we didn't realize we thought we were real estate guys but we didn't realize once we started having franchises we were serial entrepreneurs. Like it's in us. We want to, I want to start, I want to grow other businesses. I want to go where other people don't go. I want to find problem pools. I'm not going to search for a profit pool. We'll look for problem pools and profits will uh, chase us down. And, and then we started a company in the Philippines because we had heard during the last economic crisis, 08, 9, and 10, uh, that, um, that uh, missionaries were coming off the field because Western funding was drying up. So we started this little company in the Philippines, very small, we wanted to recirculate all of our profits, but we said, Hey, let's take kingdom principles into the marketplace in another nation. And uh, now that company has over 1100 employees and we're recirculating the profits and it's kicking off ministry programs and an orphanage and other things like wow. that. Which is really exciting to see. But again, we just wanted to focus on roots and, and what does our faith look like in very practical ways in the marketplace? Man, Ellis, yeah. you, you put David uh, sorry with one question, and I think he just took about twenty five hey, minutes. I stopped. Hey guys, well, was...
0: thank you for joining us on the Kingdom Capitalist show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I'll see you next week <laughs> with guest David Benham, That's right. <laughs> and who's that
1: dude sitting next to him anyway?
0: Yeah, why, why do they you? look alike?
1: Why <laughs> oh, are <laughs> his shoulders so much smaller than the other guy?
0: <laughs> um. Oh yeah. No, we're done. No, seriously, I'm just kidding. Um. So uh, <laughs> I was waiting Jason, on you, man. <laughs> no, that's great, man. Maybe you can talk about it because well, I think what's interesting, and I want to get in this idea. Maybe the topic here is just kingdom principles and business because you guys have built a whole course around this. But I do want to go back real quick because I do know a little bit about your story, and that you know you almost didn't go into business, like you almost went yeah. into ministry yourself. I mean, your dad was a pastor. You that's were good. you felt at one point you guys were called there. What was the shift there to say, no, actually we can begin to serve God in the business and not become a missionary? I mean, you guys would have been great missionaries as well, right? I mean, so, and you've termed this and maybe add in there this idea of missioneering and how that came about, right?
1: So that's such a great question. I love that you asked it because the idea of um, stepping out of ministry or becoming a missionary so that you can be a business person or an entrepreneur is actually a false dichotomy. And we discovered this because when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, there are three things that are true about you. One, you're a minister right where you are. Two, you're on mission to advance the kingdom. And three, your work is worship. Okay, now that's true whether you're standing on stage as a pastor getting paid by a church to preach the gospel to people, or if you are actually a missionary overseas and you get paid by the people who actually give you donations, or if you're a, a cook at Waffle House and, and, and you're, you're flipping, well, you're not flipping pancakes. You don't flip pancakes. You, they, they don't make even waffles. make pancakes. They make waffles, right? <laughs> or you're flipping eggs or whatever it is. Uh, you, you are a minister right where you are. Your work is worship and you are to be on mission to bring God's kingdom. So David and I, when we got out of professional baseball in 2001, uh, I was out in 2000, David was 2001, we had no clue what we were going to do all we knew is that we wanted to tell people about Jesus, right? Like we, we felt that burning inside of us. And so in our own dichotomized mind, we thought, well, let's, let's become full-time ministers. So we'll travel around and we'll tell people about about Jesus. We'll use our professional baseball platform to share the gospel. And, uh, we wrote a support letter and this is back in, at this point, we were doing odd jobs. This is 2003. We wrote this support letter and, uh, we got down on our knees and prayed over it before we mailed it out. And God just convicted us both. Don't send that letter out. Not that raising support is wrong, but for David and I, it wasn't the model God wanted us to have. We felt like God specifically impressed on our hearts. Both of us get to work. We're like, uh, okay, we don't know what to do. What are we going to do? All we knew was, and this is one of the principles I teach, aspiring entrepreneurs look in your bag, like, if you know that you need to get out there and you want to do something, you want to start something, you want to start making money or whatever, the first thing you need to do is look in your bag, which means what are the tools that you have? What can you do? What licenses do you have? What certifications do you have? Like, what's your degree in? Like, what, what do you know how to do? And, and, and I would just inject, right, real quick. Michael Hyatt gives the whole sweet spot thing, but Jason and I have added a, a, a point to it to find your sweet spot. Or when you're looking at your bag, you're looking at your passions. What do you like? You're looking at your proficiencies. What are you good at? And then you're looking, where can you make profit? So passion, proficiency and profit. Those are the three things you're looking for inside your bag. Now, Mm -hmm. but when you're first starting out, you might not be able to do what you're passionate about. You know, you, you, when you got a young family, you got to be looking to make money, right? Mm -hmm. And you got to get proficient in something. So David and I, the year prior had earned our real estate licenses just because we thought, man, it'd be good to have them. We'd like to invest in properties at some point. And when we buy our own personal house, we'll keep the commission. That's the whole reason we got a real estate license. Well, now God has given us this commission, get to work. And we thought, well, we got these real estate licenses, so let's put them to work. So we joined a local real estate company and, and learned very quickly that being a real estate agent is a hard thing, It's a very difficult thing to do. And we didn't want to bring people around and show them houses and all of these things. And uh, and we were doing this, and six months in, we began to pray and ask God that He would give. Uh, three months in, excuse me, we began to pray and ask God that He would give us a niche. And we got a phone call as a result of that. We were praying for two solid weeks. As we got a phone call from a bank that said, "Hey, I've got a foreclosed property. I've actually got three of them. We need an agent in your area to sell them. Can you handle it?" We said, "Yes, absolutely. This is an answer to prayer. We'll take it." Well, those three properties turned into 20 properties. It turned into 200 properties. It turned into 500 properties, and then, as David said, we grew to we franchised that company and and grew it big. Well, while we were having franchise conferences, we would have you know 150 200 people flying into Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, David and I would have our Bibles cracked open at the stage, teaching people the principles of business through the Scripture. And it was on one of those days that we both almost at the same time felt like the Holy Spirit said, who told you that you weren't in full-time ministry? Because we see, had still up to that point, still been struggling. Yeah. like, Okay, yeah, we just chose to get in business. We, we're we, not really in ministry yet. We even had friends of ours who were, one was a missionary and one was a pastor who, who said, guys, you guys are made for ministry. Y'all don't need to be in business. And it just, it kind of grated on us a little bit. And, and yet we were struggling with this internal struggle. Am I in business? Am I in ministry? I I said no to ministry in order to get in business because I needed to make money. You know, that's as plain and simple as it is. And then as I'm up there speaking to our franchisees, there's 200 people in the room and we've got the Bible open and we're sharing with them on how they can be good at business and bring value to people, very real tangible value, in the same way that Jesus just did when he fed the 5,000. Bring tangible value And uh, to people, and do it through the principles of scripture, the Holy Spirit spoke to us very clearly. Who told you that you weren't in ministry? You've been in ministry this whole time. Where you're placed and how you're paid does not determine the minister. It's about passion, not position. It's about the presence of God in your life. If you have a desire to bring God glory, then whatever your hand finds to do, you're my minister on mission, and your work is worship. And boom. That was life-changing for us. This happened in 2010. And from that point forward, we made it our mission to help other entrepreneurs recognize that when you fall in love with Jesus, it does not matter where he places you. And it does not matter how you're paid. Because we're paid very well, but we're still ministers. You know, we, we don't take donations. We go out and I'll tell you what we do take is we take leads. Give me a lead on a good real estate property and I will go at it. I'll take that. I will latch on to it. So I know that's a long way to answer your question, but I felt like it's important because you, you're one of the few voices out there that's speaking the same language we are. And uh, I don't go on everybody's podcast or whatever and definitely don't have other people all on my podcast, but we, we definitely are, are knit in heart with you specifically in what you're doing at Kingdom Capitalist with your mastermind and all of that. So I want to make sure that we got that
0: message out to your folks. So good, man. No, it's so right on. I, I, the, repeat those three things again. And I think I wrote these down. You are a minister. When you come to Christ, you are a minister. And correct me if I'm wrong here. You're called to be on mission and yep. your work is worship. That's it.
1: You're yep. a minister. You're on mission. Your work is worship. Right there. i think
0: that's so refreshing because I, even in the world of entrepreneurship this is there's this idea of like i gotta go do something big like in in the world of christian entrepreneurship and what you're saying especially if anyone's maybe just starting out it's like bro get to work <laughs> right oh, like exactly. you don't got time to like, kind of be think like go get to work ask god to bless it look at your bag right like he's already given you so much to go and do and right. be faithful in that i mean i, I think that's so powerful
1: it was dl moody that once said i think it was dl moody i'm not sure that once said that the job of the Christian bootmaker is not to make junky boots and slap a fish symbol on it, you know, or Jesus loves you on it. The job of a Christian bootmaker is to make awesome boots, right? You make awesome boots. You do great work. You know, it's interesting, even in our own churches at times, um, we'll say that the pastor will say, "I would like the the missionaries or the ministers or the staff to come forward. We're going to pray for them." And while that's very important that you give honor where honor is due, absolutely those among us that are serving full time vocationally, but we really also also ought to say everybody that's working, every single person that has a job, come forward. And our staff is going to lay hands on you and pray for you, right? And your ministers. Your ministers. You're just as much a missionary as anybody. Now, wow. now, the reason this is so incredibly important is because the devil knows that how you see yourself will determine how you behave yourself. So if, if a Christian entrepreneur sees himself as an entrepreneur, then he's going to always conduct himself as an entrepreneur. Right, so so he'll be able to do some good things, but you know what? Sometimes that entrepreneurial ambition jumps in, and you might you might cut a corner to, to make a deal, you know, or or you might you might uh, uh, fudge the numbers on your taxes a little bit in order to save a little bit because you're you're going to start another business. But if you see yourself as a minister, well, then you know no minister would cut That's a corner, good. right? That's you good. know, no minister is actually going to expense a meal. That actually is not a business expense or, and you know, but you, you also, you're reminded of Colossians three and Ephesians six, that whatever good you do, it will be rewarded to you. It's a good thing to be honorable. It's a good thing to have integrity in business. It's a good thing to err to the benefit of another in a gray area. These are good things because God will, God will take care of it. And I call it a double deposit. So, not only are you making profit here on the earth, but you're also storing up rewards in heaven. David says that because it matches his double chin. Okay. <laughs> He's got oh, more okay. chins than a Chinese phone book. Okay, Jason.
0: <laughs> Derail. So uh, let's get back. Oh, I man. had to go into seventh grade yeah. banter. This get this us is back great. on Who's got the prettier wife, by the way? Is there a, is there a comment? <laughs> 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 um, talking about each other's wives. So That's when really, we'll turn this thing into a. Uh, oh. A hey, um an oprah show anyways let's let's, let's I'll, I'll derail us even more you guys are fun man so uh this is powerful stuff i love that is so good man uh the way we view ourselves, i think that is so powerful and this idea of even like being your own ceo will get like oh man i never even really thought about that i think that's gonna be really powerful for people i know we kind of we got off track with the chin joke but i do think that is um that is such an important reminder, the way that we view ourselves. And I love what you said. We can get distracted or Satan wants to call us off task or call us off mission by just making us think we're like the rest of the world. And um, right. and that was for me. I, I was the same way. Like I wanted to be on mission. And so I went into the missionary, You know, went, become a missionary, yeah. and um, not really seeing the value of, of work and, and realizing the, yeah. the redeeming it's part of, of our work.
1: Ellis, if I could just jump in on this. And, uh, and with all due respect to a lot of mega church pastors, I believe some of them that are out there are really CEOs. They are phenomenal entrepreneurs, and they're even running the church like a business. And their desire to have a million-dollar home and a $100,000 car, it's not wrong, but that's what a CEO but desires. desires. But, once you, but somewhere along the way, someone said, oh, man, you're talented. If you really want to serve the Lord, you need to be a pastor or you're really articulate with the way you speak, you need to be a pastor. I'm like, whoa, we could sure use some of those as politicians, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> you, we really need some of our greatest leaders right now in positions of influence in government that actually have the ability to speak and articulate truth and translate it into practical ways of how we live, or, you know, some of these big, big CEO-type men that could be phenomenal business owners I mean of major fortune 500 companies but instead yeah. they're in the church and and like I'm not I'm not bashing them all but I'm saying and we got to really align ourselves because if you call yourself a pastor then you're 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 are now called to a higher standard you know Absolutely. you can't live like you're trying you're a ceo yeah. this that's right. tithe money so brother what, that belongs to the lord what we call uh the we of course we we do believe ellis you're a missionary we're missionaries. Now we're not called to go overseas, and we're not called to take a vow of poverty and to raise support. What we're called to do is make really good money in the business world, so we don't call ourselves missionaries as much as we call ourselves missionaries. What we're doing is engineering uh, self-sustaining revenue models so that we can do missions. Like we're doing missions work. So when you see yourself like that, now all of a sudden, your customers, your clients, your vendors, they become harvests, right? Because you're a missionary. And if they already know Jesus, well, then they become the flock, right? I mean, Jesus gave Peter two very clear calls. He said, you're to be a fisher of men and a feeder of the flock. It depends on whether the person knows Jesus or not. So you're a fisher of men if the person doesn't know Jesus. You're a feeder of the flock if the person does know Jesus. And the context of those two may change. You may be leading a church gathering. Or you may be leading a company, or you may be an employee of a of another company it doesn 't matter your context it it 's all just different contexts, but it 's still the the same two commands
0: i I do, and I think it 's worth saying I know we are on the same accord here. you know we talk the difference between missionary and missionaries. And there's such a need for missionaries and there's such a need for pastors and people who can commit full time to the work of ministry. And we, as entrepreneurs and business owners, need to be, you know, should want to be funding those things. I think what we're saying is that, you know, that there may be some folks who, sh- sh- you know, are actually called, who are missional minded, but yet gifted to go into start businesses, but yet have been told the only way you can truly serve God is in the world of ministry and i think that's the topic or that's what we're really right. saying here and don't um, feel conflicted and it's important guilty. To know.
1: yeah and don't feel conflicted or guilty that oh man i really feel like i should should start a business man i just that's not <laughs> it doesn't right. mean you're money hungry i mean you think about david before he went out and fought goliath he's going out and he's bringing his brothers uh bread and cheese and all sorts of stuff probably jesse their dad had that mule loaded up with some seriously good food and david is just i mean he at that point he's a full-time shepherd right i mean he works for his dad so he's an employee and he's doing his job and then he hears the 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 giant taunting and uh and david hears it but he doesn't say anything and then he overhears somebody say hey did you hear what's going to be given to the man who takes out that giant you know he's Gonna get to marry the king's daughter. Uh, He's gonna be rich, and he's never gonna have to pay taxes. And then David goes, "Hey, uh, come again? Wait, what was the reward that's gonna be given to the man? So, and that's what enacted David. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, we know David went out there and fought. He did it on behalf of the Lord. And then we don't have any, we don't have any history that tells us that he collected all of those rewards from from Saul. You know, so it wasn't that he was money hungry and going after the reward, but that reward was the carrot. That got him moving in the direction God wanted him to go. That's why we tell, uh, especially godly-minded men and women out there, if if you've got this this thirst inside of you that wants to create something that can make great money, follow it, but do it with the heart that David did, knowing that God has called
0: you to this. Hmm. Guys, one of the, uh, I think, biggest struggles, or even probably the. I hear over and, over and over and over and over and over and folks who are joining our mastermind is they say, you know, I have my church community and I have my small group, which I talk about faith. And then I have kind of my friends who are in business and entrepreneurs and they're ambitious and, you know, the, the biggest kind of, I guess, desire or attraction of the masterminds, we've created something that there's both. There's this component of strong faith and love for Christ and ambition and entrepreneurship. I'm curious in your own communities and in your own life, maybe personally in your own life, how you're really bridging that gap. You're know, you ambitious entrepreneurs, you love business, but yet you love the kingdom of God, how those two worlds are blended for you, how you stay sharp in both. You know, Is it separate for you guys, or have you found a way to really bring that together as well? Okay, so uh,
1: you're familiar with uh, the Old Testament passage. Um, when the temple was constructed, at the entrance of the temple were two pillars. And do you remember the name? Jason, do you even remember yeah, of the, names of the, the name? of course I know the name. I want to see if Ellis can get it. Get, well, it's, it's that's kind of a catchy no. question, but, no. but there, were, there was a name. The, the, the one pillar was named Jachin. J A C H I N, and Jacob was of the priestly line. And the other pillar was named Boaz. Boaz was from the kingly line. Boaz was a businessman, Jacob was a priest. Those are the pillars to the entrance of the temple. And then we see in Revelation chapter one, the Lord says that he makes us to be a kingdom of priests. Now, the king and the priest were not the same, they were two separate offices, right? And, and, and the king was the one that brought in the revenue for the nation. The king was the one that defeated the enemies of God. The king was the one that ruled with authority. Now, the priest was the one that offered the incense. The priest was the He's one, the that, one that made the sure that the king didn't, didn't you know, do the wrong things with that revenue. Kept him morally in check. Well, now, in Scripture, uh, in the book of Zechariah, we actually see a, a, um, a, a prophecy of Christ— It says that he will be a priest seated on his throne. In other words, he's the a priest back in the old testament, there was no king priest. It wasn't like a priest now sitting on the throne. In other words, he became a king priest. So in Revelation chapter one, in Christ, we are kings and priests. Now, Matthew Henry sheds a little light on this, Ellis. He says, As kings, we ascribe to God power, dominion, and authority. That's business. Dominion, authority, and, and when I say power, I'm not talking about like oppressive power. I'm talking about the power to turn the lights on, the power to generate revenue, the power to create sustainable um, societies and civilization. Okay, so it's power, rule, and authority, right? As priests, Matthew Henry said, we ascribe to God glory, praise, and honor. So inside of us, we have the king priest. Christ is the king priest. We have inside of us as kingdom entrepreneurs, as kingdom capitalists, this desire for authority and, and, and rule, and, and we want to go into a market. We want to win. Yeah, we want right? to dominate. We, you don't dominate by pulling people down. You dominate by lifting the standard up, right? That's, that's the whole paradigm. See, for every biblical truth, Satan sets up a counterfeit kingdom. So people say today, capitalism is evil right we need to spread the wealth it's like capitalism's not evil that's communism is a false kingdom capitalism if it's occupied by kingdom thinkers is a great source of incredible power and rule and authority for the people that are going to help other people right that are going to generate the electricity they're going to generate the opportunities for income for everybody that's around them that's the kingly side but the priestly side is i do it all for the praise, glory, and Mm. honor of God, right? So it's the king priest that's inside of you. So we don't, in our lives, Jason and I, from an identity perspective, we don't ever see um, the desire to make money or the desire. Now, by the way, the, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You can't love it. You got to love God. But the desire to make money is not wrong. The desire to do well, the desire to serve well, the desire to compete, the desire to step in and, and uh, build a strong, successful, lasting, sustainable business. That's a kingly desire that Christ has inside of you. And then the desire to use those profits not only to provide for your own family but to provide opportunities for employment, to provide opportunities for sustainable um, civilization and for wells and for uh, better uh, power grids and economies. These are the things we're doing over in other countries. That, that desire is a priestly desire, and they both go hand in hand. So the closer you grow to Jesus, the more like a king you think, the more like a priest you think. And, and the idea of needing to integrate those two would be like the idea of integrating blinking into your day. Like okay, Alice, I want you to blink today. I mean, it's it's just natural. It's going to happen. Uh, we don't need to think about trying to integrate our faith into the workplace. You just need to be faithful in the workplace. It's a natural outflow of who you are. That's why we talk identity so much. If you know who you are, then you're going to act like it.
0: And I think that's so right on from a Denny standpoint. And that's I love that. And out the between king and priests, I think to follow up on that or to go deeper on that though that there's an identity standpoint and then there's a community standpoint right mm-hmm. in that okay i am more kingly right in the sense of right. who i am and my passions my abilities but yet most of the christian folks i speak to they don't they don't also possess kind of this kingly identity as well you i mean you guys are so close you do so much together and there's that maybe camaraderie you have for one another you have with each other but a lot of folks come into our community they have never had that so I guess my question is, is, you know, how are you helping other, you know, kingdom entrepreneurs really create that? Do you also see that as an issue and how are you helping them from a community standpoint, right? Stay close to, I don't know, I guess leaders in the faith, you know, Christian community, because it just seems like there's. There, like, as you just said, I'm one of the few people who speak the same language as you. There's not a lot of people who speak really strongly about business and entrepreneurship while also, also being as strong in you know, kingdom and faith values as well. Yeah,
1: well, you're exactly right that uh, we are all, as believers, king priests, no matter what your call is. But you will predominantly kind of gravitate toward one over the other. You just have to make sure that both are always working hand in hand together. Um, And part of how we're trying to get uh, entrepreneurs to recognize their king priest calling is exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, you, you started a kingdom capitalist mastermind, you know, that's, that's the way you're doing. We started expert ownership. We got a private Facebook community there where we're talking heavy on this stuff, how you can serve God, thrive in business without going broke and gaining it all and or gaining it all and missing the mark. Like that's the whole key right there is to really help you understand it's also what we talk about every Thursday morning on our business by the book, really trying to help entrepreneurs, business people, but it's not just entrepreneurs and business people. It's, it's really anybody in the workplace, right, that loves Jesus, that, that feels a little bit like that, oh, man, I think it would be fun to be a minister one day. Or like, you know, my one role is to make money to pay the ministers. Yes, we do need to do that, but you need to recognize you're a minister too and uh and so that it's just really important but i think what the three of us are doing you know on this podcast and as we we work with each other find out more uh leaders out there that are speaking like this and get them on podcasts yeah. and we do programs together and stuff i think we're gonna we're gonna wake up a remnant yeah I really. I believe be- so. you know c12 yeah. is out there they're doing phenomenal things jason and i've talked to the ceo the new ceo of Yeah, Mike what we've had him yeah. on the podcast he's great yeah. i mean there's there's yeah. a lot it's there's a it, it's it's an awakening and it's very exciting and it reminds me uh um of back in the second great awakening when uh, finney was preaching and and he was preaching the revivals out of new york and and uh, the the holy spirit began to move and and people began to get right with the lord and you started seeing some reformation um there were two entrepreneurs by the name of arthur and lewis tappan they were brothers and they started Dunn & Bradstreet. They started the first uh, commercial credit rating agency, uh, fixed pricing. They did that in their convenience store there in New York. They started the New York Journal of Commerce. I mean, these guys they were- They started Facebook. Yeah, no, they did it was not. just a little before its Well, time. this is the early 1800s. And yet at the same time, these guys had been really touched by the Great Awakening. And so as a result of that, they started the New York um, Abolitionist Society. They started a magazine called The Abolitionist. They actually started getting involved in social good uh, to abolish slavery. They started the American Trek Society. They helped to fund the American Missionary Society. So these guys were just two business guys that got touched by the Lord and then began to integrate that into actionable steps in the marketplace. It was pretty amazing and they helped found some really good things in our country and we can do the same. And I really believe that the Lord is raising up entrepreneurs mm-hmm. today in the very same way he did then.
0: I want to talk about <clears throat> expert ownership and what you guys are doing there in this community you're building, because I'm, I'm all in, man. I love it. I, I know you have so many platforms that you're speaking on. And so I do want to, with our last few minutes we have together, uh, this idea of expert ownership, what is it? You know, So folks have an idea of what this is. And then what's coming out of it like as a kingdom entrepreneur i'm coming in expert ownership what does that mean to i mean i love this line here um where is it you know you want to train people how to serve god thrive in business without gaining it all and missing the mark right so what is it and what does that mean to not miss the mark
1: oh that's that's great you asked that well expert ownership is our five module course business course that we specifically made for entrepreneurs and we're really trying to help kingdom minded entrepreneurs recognize that it's not just about income, it's about impact. And there's a way to do both. Um, and so we, we created this course and uh, with our own private uh, Facebook group to go along with it just to help equip entrepreneurs. We want you to not only make good money, but we want you to establish meaning as well. And you can do both just like we were talking about. You have the king priest inside of you. That's what it is, Ellis. Now, we don't use the king-priest language in the course itself, but the, the king is the one who knows how to make money and can go out there and do it. But the priest is the one who knows how to spend money and knows how to give generously and make sure that you're always tithing, right? So we take principles from the scripture and we actually put them into this little five module course to help people see... The same things that are going to give you meaning will also help you make money. That's the beauty of the mm. scripture. The same things that actually give you impact, you know, that 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 sense of fulfillment are the very things that give you income and finances, right? And that's what expert ownership is. And, and we talk about Christ's word. He says, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world or a big business or accolades or the big book deal or whatever it may be, and yet forfeit his soul? So a relationship with Christ first and foremost, but also, also a relationship with your family. Um, a, a lot of entrepreneurs will hustle until their marriages are over or, you know, you, you can walk out of a deal and make a hundred grand on a business deal and feel like a million bucks and call home and your teenage daughter doesn't want to talk to you. You know, life stinks right? doesn't matter how much money you make. Those relationships matter way more. So we talk about work-life balance. And our goal out of all of this is to really equip uh, kingdom-minded entrepreneurs and just entrepreneurs in general with how to make income. I mean, the the course really helps you how to make income and when you're making it, what do you do with it? How do you budget it? What are some of the tips and tricks that we've learned over the years? What are the things we did wrong? What are the things that we did right? We, We talk about systems. We talk about leadership we talk about team building we talk about money management we actually introduce the concept of the preneur. most people talk about entrepreneurs and that's great but you know at first you're a wannapreneur right you want to be an entrepreneur so you're a wannapreneur then you're a solopreneur you just start out it's all on your own then you become an entrepreneur you actually have start having people working for you systems some systems are in place but then the ultimate goal jason and i have discovered is to become a preneur. in other words like sea I'm out. I've transcended yeah, the system. You don't need customers or clients. Now, it doesn't mean you get rid of them, but you don't need you don't them, need them anymore. anymore. And you can build as many businesses as you want. You can dedicate entire swaths of all of your profit off of new companies that you start right into impact initiatives. And you can speak as you want to speak in the middle of a cultural crisis like what's thing right now. And you can say whatever it is that you want to say and your income is not determined by people liking you. Yeah. So you're we're in a big we, have, we got a big problem when your income, your image, and your influence are mm-hmm. determined by people liking you. Mm-hmm. So when we have professional ministers, which you know, we love them and we support them, you know, in every way that we can. But when your image, your income, and your influence are determined by people liking you so that you can hold on to that following that you've got, man, we are yeah. we are in need of right. entrepreneurial people who can raise up, who, whose income is not determined by any and of those things. And truth, can speak the truth. Speak the truth and love. Can raise a standard of righteousness that can say, hey, here's what we're doing with our company. We want to step in and help. We don't want to run from the brokenness. We want to step into it. And so I believe God's raising up a, a remnant of people. And, and, and our, one of our small little roles in this is to build, we built the expert ownership course to do a expert ownership community. We also have an expert ownership podcast and then to come on to uh, podcasts like yours and to be involved with groups like yours, because um, we, we think it's just so important right now. We believe that the church has the answer, that the spirit of God is what's going to heal our nation and, uh, and that we can do this in the marketplace.
0: Guys, uh, I absolutely love what you're doing. I'm so thankful that you've been on here. This has been a, Uh, a fire I think lit uh, uh, for so many and I know my flame has been fanned right that the vision I love what you're saying there David a remnant to be raised up of kingdom entrepreneurs who can really speak the truth and so um, guys uh, we've talked about expert secrets we've talked about this but where can people actually go and where you know what's the starting point to really learning about you guys
1: they can go to benhambrothers.com our website or on any socials of course you can go to expertownership.com if you don't know how to spell Benham but Benham's easy b-e-n-h-a-m but um
0: yeah we're, we're easy to find man we're not hiding under a rock <laughs> I love it and if you're not on the west coast they do a weekly facebook show at 8 a.m eastern we? Should chase, uh, it, didn't we? 8 a. <laughs> you got it recorded I think it's all right well listen uh guys I'm, again I'm so grateful that you've been here is there anything else man your final thoughts from, from either one of you before we jump off here
1: that's great. I'm surprised David hasn't jumped in and said something else. No, I haven't.
0: I got, I got all my
1: talking out. <laughs> he
0: did. He got 12,000 words in. <laughs> He's not so going to say anything the rest of the day. Look, well, I'm really excited to figure out ways we can partner together and be on mission together. And uh, I think this podcast show is a great start. So, everyone, thank you so much for being here. Listen, if you enjoyed this show, first of all, I want you to go check out the Benham Brothers. com. Uh, these are for sure friends and partners with us and what we're doing and building. So go support them and check out what they're doing. And then second off, uh, leave us a five-star review, write that thing down, like say some really sweet things about Jason and David, right? And and, in that review and then screenshot this episode and share it with a friend. I say this all the time. This is so massive for this movement and really getting this message out about Kingdom Entrepreneurship. It's not just about growing this podcast show. It really is about growing this message um, and growing this vision and really seeing this remnant of Kingdom-driven entrepreneurs be raised up. And we need your help in that by sharing shows and guests like this. If it's the Kingdom Capital Show or if it's the Benham Brothers, I don't really care. I just want you to take action. And one of those things you can do is by helping us share this show. So uh, do that. Tag us. Uh, both on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, or wherever you do social media. Thanks for your time. We'll see you next week. Hey, real estate investors. I hope this show has given you permission to go out into the world and crush it in the name of Jesus. If you want to learn more about our community and locking arms and joining forces with other like-minded investors like yourself, go to thekingdomrei.com to learn more about our mastermind and send in an application. We'll see you next week.